Hi, everybody. This is Tara. Talk with Shannon and Kathy. It has cooled off tremendously. It sure has. Since we recorded last. Good thing today's episode is called Frost, Ice, and Snow. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a little bit appropriate. Not that we have that in Los Angeles. So we do seek it in the movies, but mm. it certainly has gotten colder. And like when you go outside at night, you can smell the wood burning yeah. fireplaces and stoves and stuff like a little bit like you're in a mountain town, at mm-hmm. least out here. I don't know. Yeah, it smells live. like that over by me too. Okay, cool. So uh, the first thing I wanted to do today is actually, you know, we have a Patreon and we have some new members. And so I kind of wanted, I definitely wanted to shout them out. So uh, there's Icicle. Some people go by, <laughs> some people go by nicknames. So we're just going to go with that. You know, not everybody wants their name out in the world. So Icicle or Ice, who's an active member on our Discord, um, is a member. Uh, Mackenzie, Mandy, Lauren, Marie. Those are just a few of our recent patrons. And I hope our patrons are also enjoying the daily Patreon content for December Palooza, which is what I named it. Not the best name in the world, but hey. Listen, I came up with some far worse. <laughs> I didn't want to call it the, I mean, we there was that one episode where we were trying to name it. and That's what I mean. I was, yeah. Was, <laughs> so that there's got that. bad quick. <laughs> that went downhill. <laughs> Anyway, I'm enjoying doing it. Kathy and I are enjoying doing the the teamed up segments together for that. And it's daily. And it's a fun challenge, actually, for me. I'm like, every day, hmm, hmm, what am I going to put there today? And then it all, I, we always come up with something great. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. And if you don't know about our Patreon, please check it out at patreon.com um, forward slash terror talk and check us out. So... Also, as you guys know, if you're regular listeners, uh, we did an episode on November 25th that's called Winter Horror. And this episode we called Frost, Snow, and Ice because it doesn't necessarily have to be horror, but of course most of them are going to be horror movies that we talk about. There's just so much wintry goodness out there that it ended up being, at least so far, it's a three-parter because we did the Winter Horror in November, we're doing Frost, Snow, and Ice uh, this month and then next month we're doing a vampires in winter episode because there's so many vampire movies mm-hmm. that are set in the cold because for obvious reasons yep. they do better there uh, <laughs> they thrive <laughs> so just so you know it's it's, it, it, it's I've expanded it into like a three-parter and I'm not sure if it'll get even bigger but we'll see there's gonna be in like <laughs> the middle of summer you'll have an idea for this (laughs) so also there's two movies that we're definitely not gonna really dive into today uh because they are actually three that i can think of because they're going to be buddy watches for our shrink chat shows so one of those is frozen one is blood runs cold and another is a christmas horror story and those three we're actually going to have separate discussions in our shrink chat shows. So I know those three we're not discussing today. And then most of the ones we discussed in last episode, we won't, but you never know. They could come up in conversation. Yeah, they could pop up here and there. Uh, I think you were going to add something here. At the I was top. just going to talk a little bit about just real briefly. Um, I think why these movies add an extra scare factor. If we're looking at the, at least the horror or the suspense frost ice and snow yeah and i and horror is already about isolation i mean i think that's what a lot of the the fear comes from being trapped or being isolated this is some of this information is from um an article out of looper but there's a 
a part where they discuss how, you know, some of the best horror films, you're often going to find a similar theme and all of them isolation, the sense of being by yourself cut off, cut off from the world alone with just your fears and possibly a murderous monster. This is absolutely terrifying. It's the reason we're scared of the dark and freaked out by staying in a strange house by ourselves. Being alone is scary. And that's something horror films have known for quite a while. Um, but this is a huge trope for a lot of reasons that claustrophobia that we feel, um, but then when you add the cold <laughs> to yeah. it uh, and you're watching it in the winter and even here, cause it's been pretty cold lately. Some of these I was watching, I was watching one yesterday and in the whole movie they're trapped and it's getting colder and colder and colder. And it really makes the torture and the torment factor and the scare, the fear factor. I mean, I grew up in the cold. I grew up where it snowed, till April. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. um, when it gets flipping cold and you start to go into the negatives, it's very dangerous. Yeah. So it's not only the, the fear of someone capturing you or killing you. It's now you're stuck in this temperature that the temperature becomes another villain. Yeah. Upping the stakes, right? Like, yeah. It gives a, I think one of the dramatic devices that it gives you is it gives you the dramatic device of a ticking clock because 100%. we can't survive. Yeah. <laughs> we can't survive for long. So there's a ticking clock of mm -hmm. death, like death is coming mm -hmm. if you don't move or change your circumstances in some yeah. way. Yeah. And the way that uh, if it's done well, the mm -hmm. way the makeup changes their skin and the all of that when you're watching it, I feel really pulled in. I've been that cold, Not obviously not hypothermia or anything like that, but I've been luckily, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> but those times where you feel like frostbite's coming on or it's unbearably windy when it's that cold. And that just, if, if you have never experienced that and you live in a warm climate, it's so incredibly uncomfortable and can be really scary if you feel like you can't get warm anytime soon. Yeah. Cause it's the, as we know about anxiety, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's what's coming mm -hmm. or what, what you think is coming sometimes errantly, but like in this situation, if you don't change your circumstances, you will die and right. you're so uncomfortable and you might, and the anxiety will actually pile on and make it impossible to think straight. Yeah. Not only the hypothermia will make it that way, but the anxiety on top of that of mm -hmm. like, I'm going to die. Or even just, I can't feel my toes. Yeah. I oh, can't yeah. feel my fingers. I can't feel my ears. I've I can't feel my face. I've skied or something. Yeah. yeah. So long-term, then you add this, it just, it's interesting to look at it sort of as like a, another villain. But so I think it's, it's, if it's used well, mm -hmm. it can make these films really intriguing and you can just, you know, you don't only, you only feel like you're observing it, but you're there. You can feel it. For sure. Uh, so I'll, I guess I'll jump in. I've got a bunch of flicks I want to talk about and I know Kathy does too. So I'm going to jump into this movie that I actually just saw for the first time and it surprised me quite a bit. It's called Cold Ground. It's from 2017 and I've been trying to make my way through my letterboxed list, which has like almost 300 films in it of winter horror goodness. And a lot of them I haven't seen. So I'm trying to make my way through it. And this was one of those ones where I just clicked on the poster on Letterboxd and was like, can I get this on one of my streaming services? I don't know if this is how you guys make your choices, but can I get this somewhere? Can I watch it right now? <laughs> Press play type of thing. Uh, it's called Cold Ground. It's French. Here's the thing for if you're going to watch it. It's, I believe it's on Prime, Amazon Prime, if you have that streaming service. And 
it's half and half. So it's half French subtitles and half English. They really do speak like half and half the whole time. They go back and forth. But it, it is a French-made film. Uh, the tagline for this film is called The Lucky Ones Freeze to Death. <laughs> it's a found footage isolation horror. So it's got those genres in there. Uh, it's 1976. So they're, you know, it's a period piece. Two young journalists leave for French, the French-Swiss border to investigate a strange case of cattle mutilations and record testimonies for a TV channel. So it's found footage, and if you're watching it, um, this is definitely one of those found footage movies that because it's not high gloss, because there isn't a high production value, it could look like a true story, mm. which I think is great, it's like a Blair gritty, Witch gritty. or, yeah. a, you know. I think those are a lot of fun. Um, uh, so they're trying to get, they're trying to investigate these cattle mutilations. Uh, yet once they get there, the scientific team they were supposed to meet has gone missing and escorted by a first aider, a British biologist and an American forensic investigator. That's why they have the French and English. Um, Melissa and David will go looking for the missing team deep into the mountains. So that's the premise so what's interesting about this is I think it's about an hour and a half long. And for the first half, they actually do build the characters in an, in an interesting way. Like I ended up caring about them, which I think is really important for a movie to succeed. Personally, you don't want to have, you don't want to get to that point where you're like, I would like them all to die, which happened actually in a movie that I watched the other day where I was like, all these people can die. I don't care. Um, because you're seeing them, you're seeing them outside of the isolation up in the wintry goodness. Like you're seeing them start and then you're seeing them ascend and mm -hmm. go into the mountains. And then like the description says, then you see once they're in the mountains, the team's not there that they went to go see. Mm -hmm. And so then you see them go further into the mountains to go look. So it's got some gradations, but about, I would say about 40, 45 minutes in the action starts and I was riveted. <laughs> it was like Paranormal Activity or Blair Witch or whatever where, you, you know, you're like, oh, shit. Mm. And then it was, for me, it was a ride till the end. Because well, that's fun. I really enjoyed it. Now, <laughs> after I really enjoyed it, I looked up reviews and, of course, there's all these other different opinions out there. But I don't... Found footage isn't really my favorite, but I must say lately as some things, when they're not my favorite, I kind of lean in and try to watch a lot of them and find the gems. And I've found several and this was one of them. And that's hard to do because I've watched some over the past couple of weeks yeah. where I'm like, well, I gave it a shot. <laughs> Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is there one of those on your list today? Uh, most of them are. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. cool. So I, you know me, I also like to go like old school. Yeah. So I'll start with uh, a really old one from 1987 called Dead of Winter. Excellent cast. Really, really good cast. Um, so Mary Steenburgen plays the lead. A young Roddy McDowell is in it. And, I love and Roddy. he plays... Um, a, he's really good in it and he plays this sort of odd mysterious uh creepy butler to this <laughs> here, here i'm just gonna go ahead i'll read you the yeah the, go for it 
description of this first. What the hell is happening? Um, what I like about it, though, before I get into the storyline, is it, you, it is in, an isolation horror. So it it's, takes place in a blizzard. Mm. Um, one of the reasons I also love the older movies uh, is because there's no cell phones. So the idea of people being cut off is, you know, they try to do that now in savvy ways. The battery died or we don't get cell service, but there's something different about when or the a land- killer literally took it or something. Or the killer <laughs> took it. But when a landline gets clipped or it's not working due to yeah, weather, done. that's much more organic than finding a reason why. Because now it's really hard to. Well, that's probably why cold not ground- have multiple cell phones. around. One of the reasons why the cold ground movie succeeds, too, is they set it in 1976. And that's a great device there, for there having you go. when yeah. you have no budget. Yep. Just set it when there's no internet. Less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's it's really simple. So um, Katie McGovern played by. Uh, Mary Steenburgen. So she's a struggling actress. By the way, sorry, I'm going to stop myself one more time, not to digress. I have seen over four or five movies with her in it in the past week just because she's in so many Christmas movies. She's the mom. (laughs) And and she's in a great new one called uh, Happiest Holidays, which is on Hulu. And it's it's actually a, a story about same-sex relationship but anyway we'll talk about that in another episode yeah so she so katie mcgovern is a struggling actress living with her husband and her student brother who is visiting the husband by the way is the dad from boy meets world (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right a very young version of him she attends an audition that she found in the paper again super old school i love it she's just circling in the newspaper Mm -hmm. and um is selected to shoot a short video, which will be sent to the director for his approval. Mr. Murray, the man holding the audition picks Katie up and takes her to a remote mansion where they shoot the video. Katie is selected to replace the previous lead in the film who looks remarkably like her and also played by her. Mm. Uh, soon, however, things begin to look, uh, as if they are not what they seem. Katie soon realizes she is in danger and attempts escape. So what, I did like about this movie is the the way that they developed the story, especially for its time, is there was a lot more trust at that time. Like mm-hmm. this casting director is going to pick me up. I'm really flattered that they want me to replace this actress who's no longer, you know, and then she gets to the house and the second you go in, there's this creep factor. The house is almost looks like a museum. Roddy McDowell's the one who picks her up and he plays like this really strange assistant to this guy who's supposed to be um, casting her and he's in a wheelchair and he's like really creepy. And then you start to feel like the gaslighting is setting in and you realize that what she's there for is not what she's really there for. And you end up finding out that the woman who was supposed to be her, who she was replacing they say she ended up killing herself, which is untrue. I'm not going to give anything away in case somebody wants to actually watch it, which I doubt. And you find out that this, know. you find out that the um, director or casting director is actually a psychiatrist. Um, and all this shit starts to go down where now she's really the gaslighting and um, they start to drug her and all of these things. So it has, it has a like a good sort of suspense 
creep factor. The only thing about it is because it's 1987 and the hair and the makeup and the acting towards the end, it starts to feel a little bit like an episode of dynasty <laughs> because there'll be like a fight where it's like smack. Oh, you know, and like so over the top and like she smacks into the mirror like, and we've, the, we've took a turn or it's like, you know, the, the woman walks in and she's like, she's not dead. Duh, duh, duh. Like it's one of those, you know, but, um, but I thought that it was, <laughs> Cause it was old and it's in the, and Roddy McDowell is really good in it. Cool. Um, it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, it's old. No, it sounds fun. And yeah. it also sounds just, uh, sometimes when we watch stuff now from a different time, there's a stylistic difference to what we're used to. And so what you're talking about, like that melodrama or what mm-hmm. have you at the time we were just like, people were probably just so used to watching that on TV and all the time that it just fit in with the culture. Of the totally. Time. But we look at it now and we're like, what? <laughs> but here, I mean, this is the last thing I'll say about it. And I think this is why I get dragged into these two is you get a, you get to a point where the husband can't get a hold of her because she gave a phone number that doesn't, that they gave her. That's not really the phone number. Gotcha. And he has to, he and her brother now have to put it together. Cause she was like, the house is, you know, after this bridge on this, whatever they had to like create their own GPS. Cause that didn't exist. Wow. And they had to put this thing together and find out where the house was because they knew that they couldn't get a hold of her. And just the way that people actually had to follow maps and use their brain and they couldn't just type something in and no. made it that much more like you're rooting for him to find her, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And you also realize how, <laughs> yeah, how movies are not served by the internet. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And yeah. how difficult it is to write a contemporary script of isolation because. Yes. And why it has to be like going camping and. Right. All that desolate. stuff. Yeah. Desolate because we have so much. Otherwise it'd be like, now. where's her cell phone? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you end up doing when you're watching movies with other people. People are like, why couldn't they just do X, Y, Z? Shut up because it wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> and you're like, su- willing suspension of disbelief, right. people. Um, I wanted to mention. Okay. So the next one I was going to talk about is. Um, I'm going to lean into the Norwegian horror as I do. And as a lot of listeners probably already are aware of, there's a movie called dead snow mm-hmm. and there's also a dead snow too. <laughs> it's a dead snow is a 2009 Norwegian comedy horror <laughs> that I love. The premise of the film is uh, similar. Well, it's a Scandinavian folkloric undead greedily protecting his treasures it's like off of that myth but this movie is about seven students on an easter wait easter vacation that's interesting i didn't even know i was just it's so cold (laughs) it's so cold (laughs) it's so cold like oh so a woman sarah is being chased through the snows of norway that's like how it starts out it starts out with a bang and she's ultimately cornered and eaten (laughs) by zombies Wearing World War II Nazi SS uniforms. Of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. (laughs) Um, So that's the basic premise. But there's other people in the story. There's a bunch of them. And then, of course, there's a bunch of things that happen. But what what you need to know is that it is set in the snow. And it... It has subtitles if you would like to watch it that way. You can also watch it on uh, Prime, I think, or one of those. I think it's Prime with the overdubbing so that if you don't like subtitles, Mm -hmm. you can 
turn, sometimes turn off I prefer the subtitles. The, the subtitles though because the yeah. dubbing's so bad. So this one wasn't so bad. This uh, I watched it for an uh, I watched it again in preparation to just chat about it today, and I watched it with the overdubbing so I could tell you, and it wasn't too bad. Uh, it, after the first couple of minutes, I kind of forgot about it and okay. went forward. But yes, sometimes it's terrible. Um, this movie is funny and also gory and it's Nazi zombies coming from the snow and killing everyone mostly as zombies will do when you're isolated because you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And one thing I would say is these are zombies that move. Oh, so like 28 days later? Not that fast. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, maybe that fast. I haven't seen 28 Days Later in a while, but they're not the slow-moving Night of the Living Dead zombies where all you have to do is like run away and you can tease them. Mm -hmm. This is <laughs> not Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> they're not Shaun of the Dead comedy zombies. Okay. They're, they're zombies that move, and so, which is much more frightening to me. Yeah. Oh, way yeah. more frightening. I mean, some people like the slow. I mean, I like all the zombies. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but but the ones that move fast and just move like us or have kind of a superpower of being able to move faster because of the virus that they have, let's so to speak. I, I was watching something the other day where the girl was trying to escape and the the monster or whatever who was following her was so slow and he was so confident about, it. and she's like screaming and falling down. I'm going either. I hate that they allow him to catch up to her. It's such an arrogance. Like how the hell does he really, right. You know, it's impossible. I understand suspension of disbelief, but sometimes it's too much. It's like, like is she on an opiate and she couldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, and it's just that whole, like she's hysterical and he's calm and collected. So he will eventually win just because and it's like, he's that confident that he's just going to catch up to her. I'm like, but how? Yeah, that, that's that willing suspension to leave, yeah. of disbelief that we're not always no. willing to. Sometimes you, you can't really stretch us that far. Right. Like I can, I can deal with a certain amount of like lack of continuity in scenes where you like catch continuity mistakes yeah. or, or, you know, well, I don't quite see how that would go together, but. Like eighty five percent of the movie made sense, so yeah. cool. But like, yeah, stuff like that is really. No, when they move a little bit, I like it because then it's just like, oh, he really could. Yeah. So these these zombies, they can move. Yeah, and they do, and they will kill you. Excellent. So there's that. <laughs> um, let me just mention another Norwegian um, franchise, I guess I should say, which most people will know is it's called Cold Prey. Mm. Uh, 2006 Norwegian slasher films. So they're more, I know you like the slasher mm -hmm. films. Um, let me find my little description here. So this is more like slasher killer person. <laughs> it's like you're going to, this is more, and there are three of these, by the way. Um, at least three that I know of. Maybe there's more. You know, a lot of these are a lot of these franchises. Like, I'll think, oh, there's one, and then I'll go into Letterboxd or one of these places, and there's a bazillion of them. But this one looks to have three. It's a mystery thriller and horror. But um, so I'm not going to pronounce this right. 
Eric uh, and his girlfriend uh, join newly coupled Mikkel and Injun. Um, wow, I just butchered those names. So Forgive I lost me. you 30 yeah. seconds ago. There's two couples. No one's listening anymore. <laughs> Click. And single wisecracker Morton <laughs> on a snow... Basically, a, a yeah, bunch of friends go on some snowboarding <laughs> excursion to a remote mountainous region in Norway, as we do. Uh, when Morton breaks his leg, however, and requires medical attention, the friends take shelter in an abandoned nearby ski lodge. Who wouldn't do that? And there it is. Yeah. Uh, little do they know, it also harbors an unseen psychopathic killer. Of course it does. Well. Those two add up for yeah. me. Yeah. Those two totally add up for right? me. Right. So the formula is there. Yeah. Um, and then the execution is solid. So it's well acted. Um, this it, is Cold it, Prey? Yeah. I've heard of this before. Yeah. And- it it hits all the like slasher genre buttons. Like mm-hmm. you get all of the tropes that you're wanting oh, and the little my list. surprises. And it's pretty polished. I don't know that, you know, a lot of horror fans that watch flicks all the time and particularly like winter horror and particularly like isolation stuff and like foreign things <laughs> will definitely know this flick. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. So cool. I would throw that one out there. Um, I have just two really quick ones here. One most people have seen. The other I have not been able to find. It's not streaming on anything I have anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. And if you have, I'd like some feedback because it sounds interesting to me. Have you ever seen a movie called Pontypool? Not recently, but yes. Okay. What did you think? You go ahead first. Okay. I want to hear so I'll just, I'll just read. So it says, when a disc jockey, Grant Mazzy, reports to his basement radio station in the Canadian town of Pontypool, he thinks it's just another day at work. But when he hears reports of a virus that turns people into zombies, Mazzy barricades himself in the radio booth and tries to figure out um, a way to warn his listeners about the virus and its unlikely mode of uh, transmission. So I have, before you... Yeah. chime in on this mm-hmm. um i like these horror films where it's like you have the one guy in the you know we saw this in christmas horror story yeah. which we'll talk about he's talking from the booth right yep. william shatner um <laughs> yeah what i'm getting from the reviews is people are either saying this was really good and super underrated mm-hmm. or people are saying like this woman says I think it's a woman, maybe a man. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing film for a number of reasons. Story what pays a respectful homage to horror greats like Night of Living Dead, 28 Days Later, without ever becoming cliche. And she goes on to talk about approach to mass infection was something I never saw coming. So, like, there's a buildup and it's good. And then other people are like, this is total trash. Which, you know, we do see these extremes with horror, depending oh, yeah. on what you like. But what was, because I'm, I'm curious to see it, because it sounded good to me, but I can't find it. I, I like it. I mean, I, I think it's funny. Okay. I mean, is it, is it in supposed to be, is it, that, is that the, yeah, intent? yeah. I mean, it's a low, it's low budget okay. and it's zombies obviously. Yeah. And it is supposed to be funny. Okay. There are supposed to be funny parts. It's witty more than like, it's not like goofy, at least to me. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great addition to the winter horror. Yeah, I was trying, I wanted to watch it. I, I couldn't find anywhere that was streaming it that I had. It, well, I just looked it up while you were describing it and you can rent it on, um, on Apple. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't usually get movies through Apple, but I, I can, I'm sure. I'm just saying that yeah. like that's literally that's all the only one. listed right at this moment. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, it, it just it looked kind of fun. No, I would recommend it. Okay. I would recommend it for sure. The other one, which we've all seen, but I just wanted to make a quick comment on, which is the 1997 Jack Frost, which like changed children's perceptions of snowmen forever. Um, <laughs> you know, I went back and watched this and I, I, I know that we're talking more, you know, we're, we're breaking down more serious films today or oh, at least fine. more, more credible <laughs> films <matter>. today. <laughs> but this one, I, I went back and watched just because I hadn't not watched it in so long and it really so it's a truck. I've seen it recently too. By okay, the way. truck carrying a notorious serial killer on his way to his execution encounters a bizarre accident that transforms him into a mutant snowman. First of all, that scene and the editing—it's um, almost embarrassing. It's the technology, uh, so bad, so bad. So two things: one, it's sort of like child's play snowman style. <laughs> yeah. Instead of him going into the body of a play a doll he goes into the body of a snowman so it, there's nothing i mean to me it was like the same boring well, story it's of that 1998 like there were better visual effects but yes. this is really low budget low budget obviously. and then the other thing i would say is at the end when their biggest weapon were blow dryers <laughs> i'm sorry to laugh so bad. that's my aw- apology that was the part where i'm like that's but awesome and horrific also all at once ridiculous yeah so I just forgot how ridiculous this movie was. Yeah, I actually watched this on Discord with friends. And um, I i mean, this is one of those movies that it is really fun to watch with other people because mm-hmm. especially like-minded people who love horror and can just accept how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is one of those movies that like audiences love more than critics, obviously, because... Right. <laughs> Because like how do you a, even begin to critique this? There's a lot wrong yeah. with this movie. There's in, nothing in, good to say. In particular, well, the main guy, the main actor, he's been in a bazillion mm-hmm. things. Like he's like a character actor that's Scott been McDonald. in four million things. Yeah. Um, like talk about a working actor. He's been in everything. But besides that, you know, love him. He did a great job. But um, <laughs> But what I would say is that Every single time the snowman comes on screen, I would laugh. Oh, it's terrible. Because it's literally a stuffed animal. Like when it's like little mitten hands. I'm yes, surprised it it, I'm surprised it doesn't sprout fur. It's so soft. And when she tu- he the kid like touches its face and its mouth and it pushes in like spongy, like a spongy yes. snowman. Do you remember this? I I couldn't stop <laughs> like, What are you doing? I could not stop laughing and it was not at all intended to be oh, funny. Yeah, you the were scene on the Discord. Where, yeah, because you guys were watching something we else. We were watching something else and you were chiming in like, oh, I'm watching Jack Frost. It's horrific. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth is in the bathtub getting a full bear hug while naked by a snowman that she's like squishing into and she's screaming like it's supposed to be terrifying and it's so ridiculous because he comes up she's like it's so cold and she's like laying in the tub and all of a sudden like he comes up and you know the whole tub takes yeah over there's the, a joe bob episode of this did you watch the joe no bob? you asked me i haven't seen yeah, it yeah yeah i can good. only imagine his he commentary tells, he tells some pretty good stories about like what shannon elizabeth what what they had to promise her to get her in this movie because it's so 
But yeah. So if you guys have Shutter, I mean, you know, that's a great way to watch a bad movie. Yeah, is, for free. Is to watch the Joe Bob version of it. And it's one of his Christmas specials. Um, that's hilarious. And he, it's pretty great. That particular Christmas special, actually, I think it's called Red Christmas. And they, him and Darcy do three movies. Cool. And I think that's the one that includes Black Christmas, Jack mm. Frost, and there's one other. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering right now. Um, and it's great. Yeah, they they even do it. It's back like they did skits and stuff. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Um, right. What's next? I already mentioned Insomnia last time, the Norwegian film, mm-hmm. and it's not a horror film, but it's certainly a crime drama. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. <laughs> I'm just going to mention it again because I love it so much. Um, I wanted to talk about Harbing, Harbinger Down. Wow, that's a weird m- word to say. You had a tough time with that. I did. So we're going to move on. Uh, Lance Heinrichsen stars in this, and I became aware of this movie uh, years ago. It's from 2015 because I actually gave money to them like on an Indie, Indiegogo type of thing and it's when um indiegogo and those kinds of sites were pretty new i mean back in like 2014 2013 because this came out in 2015 um they were pretty new and the reason why i got hooked in is one lance is my boo and mm. two and you can see the poster that i got for the money that i gave them with my yeah. my, my lance signature actually everybody signed it so you want but, me to sign it yeah no okay no no you said everybody so. I, i'm good <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i gave them money for two reasons one because lance is my boo two because i love science fiction monster horror and that's what it is. And three, because it was uh, practical effects. And one of their big selling points to give them money was that they were, you know, practical creature effects. And it was a Kickstarter. Sorry, Indiegogo probably wasn't even a thing yet because <laughs> Kickstarter was first. So they used animatronics, prosthetic makeup, stop motion, miniature effects, Um there was a little bit of computer generated imagery or what we call CGI was used only to enhance these effects just like a little bit, but they didn't have a ton of money. So Mm -hmm. obviously it was just a little bit, but it was um, written and directed by Alec Guinness and produced by Tom Woodruff. And those are the founders of the special effects company um, studio ADI. So they specifically went into this to do what they love, which is practical creature effects. Yeah. And, and then reading about it. And then it was Lance Heinrichsen. And I was like, Oh, I must give you money. Here's, here is some of my money. That's cool. And then, and then what was really great about the Kickstarter campaign. And if you do it successfully, those of you who might do it in the future is there were regular video updates. There were, um, you know, they were really, really brought us along in the process of making the movie, which I just, that's why you do stuff like that is mm-hmm. you give them money, especially if you give them a chunk of money. It's just really nice to be pulled along in sure. the thing. So that being said, it's uh, English. So no subtitle, <laughs> although a lot of my things are subtitled. This is English. Lance was in it. Um it, the film follows a group of graduate students aboard the crabbing trawler, the Harbinger, who are studying the effects of global warming on a pod of beluga whales in the Bering Sea. So we are isolated and we are cold. <laughs> they recover a crashed Soviet spacecraft encased in a block of ice that is infected with alien um, 
tar- tardigrades. Okay, yeah. And are attacked by shape-shifting alien monsters. Oh. Yes. Well, that th- certainly throws a... A wrench in it. Yeah. A little bit of a twist there. Yeah. So I... I want to shout this movie out because I supported it and also because of the, you know, yeah. what, what they're trying to do. Is it a perfect movie? No. Is it a good movie? Yes. Cool. Absolutely. I would say, please go watch it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I watched a movie from 2012 called ATM. Have you seen this? Yes, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I thought it was just going to be fun and kind of suspenseful and one of those where I'm like, ah, it's kind of a fun popcorn isolation flick. Let's watch it. It's a Saturday afternoon. Mm. So Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah. That's hilarious. So this is my after school special. The (laughs) storyline is uh, after a party. Now the only person as far as actors that I really care for and this is brian garrity because i loved him on the alienist he played teddy roosevelt on the alienist mm-hmm. and i think he's great mm-hmm. um alice eve right. is also in it and then josh peck back from drake and josh from early mm-hmm. 90 whatever it was uh disney uh they're the <laughs> three main peeps in this um and they're all pretty decent in it but i like brian i, I think he brian garrity is the only one that i'm like okay solid storyline after a party uh david hargrove gives a ride home to his colleagues emily brant and Corey thompson Corey decides to have dinner and they go to an isolated atm soon they are threatened by an unknown man and they become trapped in the atm trying to survive so josh peck plays the annoying narcissistic friend who everything is about him and then when something goes wrong he externalizes blame and he's just you know Brian Garrity's character is just trying to get this girl home that he really likes from work. And so they end up, you know, Josh Peck's like, I'm hungry. I want to stop and get some cash out of the ATM. So it automatically sets you up going, "Eh, is Josh, you know, is he involved in what's about to happen? Why is he so adamant at stopping at this ATM? And this is one of those ATMs where it's a booth. So you have to use your your debit. Yeah, you have to use your debit card to get in after hours. Um, and it's just for safety. So we already know from earlier on in like the first 10 minutes that he's, you know, he just milks off of people and he's always taking money from David and David's like, go get a cab. He's like, I don't have money for that. So what ends up happening is he needs David to come into the ATM because, um, get him into the ATM or excuse me, get into the ATM because he doesn't have enough money in his account. Um, so David has to pull out money again and give it to him. And now they're both in there. <laughs> Girls in the car, Alice, Eve, Emily's in the car and she's like, well, I'm tired of sitting in here. So I'm going to go join them in there because they're taking forever. As they turn around to leave the booth, there's this really strange looking dude who's standing outside of the booth and they're unsure. They're like, is he he's staring at us. Is he waiting in line to come in? This is not pandemic time. He didn't need to social distance. (laughs) But when I was watching it, honestly, because of the culture, uh, now that we live in, I'm like, oh, maybe, wait, no, people didn't do that then. You're like, you mean it hasn't always been a global pandemic? And he's got this hood. He has that presence of like the guy in the slicker from, I know what you did last summer. I'm going to save a lot of details, but basically <laughs> what ends up happening is this guy traps them in the ATM. The, the power cuts out and little by little they start to freeze and they can't leave because he will kill them if he walks out of the booth. And this is one of those that you watch and you go, everyone in there is a suspect to maybe know, knowing what's actually going on. 
you're waiting for something really big to happen. <laughs> and it does, I mean, it, there's a, a crash ending. I mean, there's, there's this crescendo that happens sure, and they tried and they try. And then you're like, okay, now we're going to find out this masked man and how, why he, who is he targeting? And then, and then the credits go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what ends up happening is he, you know, basically what he did was try to frame them for no reason at all. There's no motivation Mm-mm. in any of this, Mm-mm. but the only little bit of hope that I had was we we're going to figure out what this whole guy's, you know, is there somebody in there he's pissed off at, or is that a face we saw earlier on in the Don't, don't waste your time. Nothing happens. No, that, that was, that's my thing is like, it's building suspense, but not like real suspense. And there's in for what? Yeah. You just, you just don't, you're not connected to it in a way that, that would actually build fear or inside you. Um, and like, why did they say they had the lighter the whole time? Yeah, like we're gonna talk about the movie Frozen in in, a, in our shrink chat. Um, that uh, built for me. Yeah, like that's kind of we're gonna talk about it on Friday, but but that that's kind of where it succeeds. Where you know those characters it built, and then you were horrified by kind of the things that would happen for this. Not so much. I mean, those are good actors. Yeah, but I didn't care about their characters though. They were totally. The movie was ineffective <laughs> it, it was bad and i feel like they could have done and some it of it a, doesn't even make sense no and yeah. it was clever like there were parts of it that were clever and i could see where it could have been good yeah um but it just really landed super flat yeah uh, so i mean it's an hour it's an hour and a half and i feel it needed an edit i kept <laughs> pressing pause to see how much time was left. They could have cut a half hour could out of it. Could have been like a 60 could minute have been movie. Short. And it might've been good that way. Like there Agreed. are a lot of horror movies, you guys, and as you probably know, are coming out these days that are like 60, 65, 75 minutes that are tight and good. And you're out. No, it's, it's over. Yeah, exactly. And this one, this one um, went on too long and it wasn't even a long movie. Yeah. Um, I thought I had one more thought after that, but I think that might be it. I don't know. It just, oh, the only part that I felt affected by was watching them get colder. <laughs> and then when they get wet and all of, I mean, that's really when it. Right. Like that, was that the affected only part. you yeah. from a personal standpoint. The only part was really watching them physically get colder <laughs> and she starts to get delirious and that, that like heightened my anxiety a little bit, but that's it. Right. I wanted to mention two uh, non-horror movies that I watched, although they're sort of horrific in many ways, but two, <laughs> two hor- two, uh, cold. They were cold. <laughs> These movies were cold. And I enjoyed them recently. So I was able to watch, actually with a couple of friends on Discord, uh, The Hateful Eight, Tarantino's uh, extended version. So that just came out, I guess, onto Netflix. And what they did is they made it into four episodes. So they made it a series, basically. They made The Hateful Eight, um, like, four-episode extended edition, which I think works because his movies are so very long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as one movie, you kind of really want to institute the intermission that we used to have sometimes in the movie theater back in the day. Uh, But this is on Netflix, the extended version. And 
I had not watched it in a while, and as the two guys that I watched it with can attest to, whose nicknames are Ice and Groucho, I resisted. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Okay. But it was like a weekend, and they were going to watch it, and you know, I was like, okay, I'll throw it in. Why not? So we do that, because I can always tap out, right? right? Like I can always be like, oh, I got busy. So sorry. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, or I fell asleep, which is another great excuse. People get like, oh, yeah, no, I fell asleep. Sorry. Um, but I watched the whole thing, and I really enjoyed it. So I want to recommend to you Tarantino fans or even the Hateful Eight fans that may not have seen the extended version. It is nothing but cold. I mean, that... If you're not cold when you start watching that thing, you're cold at the end because it's it's a frozen tundra where they are, and the performances are just so exceptional. And it's a great cast. You I'm know, I love right Michael. Now. Michael Madsen is oh, he's a, awesome. Another one of my boos. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Kurt Russell. I mean, come on, it's really good. And again, I was resisting it. I was whiny. And then, of course, I love Jennifer Jason Lee and yep. Sam Jackson. And, you know, I love the actors that he casts and recasts over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's solid choices. So that was really enjoyable. And then the other one that I watched was a movie called Wind River mm. from 2017. And I like a, I like a Western in a crime drama mystery with Western overtones set in a Native American reservation. Like that's got a lot of my things that I like yeah. a lot. So the um, Wind River is with uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh, I like him. He's good in it. Uh, it's a veteran hunter helps an FBI agent investigate the murder of a young woman on a Wyoming Native American reservation. Now it's very cold and there's some trigger warnings if you're not interested in exposing yourself to any kind of storyline that has uh, violence against women, then don't watch it. Mm. But if you can tolerate some of that within a good story with good performances and you don't, and you can tolerate uh, the sadness in the world and things that don't have happy endings or don't have, um, you know, if you're just willing to sit in the darkness a bit or on that day, uh, this is a really good movie. Okay. It's really thoughtful. It's, it's, it's Taylor Sheridan, writer, director. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I wanted to mention it cause I did watch it recently and it had all kinds of good, like snowy cool scenes because, it, it opens, and this is not a spoiler, it opens with um, the woman who you're later investigating her death is that she freezes to death, basically. She mm. tries to run away um, from some circumstances, and she runs into the snow in the mountains and then falls down and freezes to death. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, Taylor Sheridan, I mean, if you like Sicario or Hell or High Water, you know, they're very, they're well-written, his movies. So cool. there's that. So there's that. What else? Anything? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's it's the season. A lot of, you know, a lot of movies mm-hmm. right now I'm watching too are all snow and ice, but they're all yeah. Christmas holiday. Watching yeah. a lot of those right now. Absolutely. And I mean, there are so many because you can go, like I went smaller budget for most of the things, like obviously not all, mm-hmm. um, but 
you know, the dead zone and the hateful eight, like I mentioned, yeah. and the revenant and all of the ones we, oh, yeah. you know, the revenant. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Talk about sad and horrible. Long. <laughs> like if you want to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If you want a mini series, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but shot really well and really horrific. There it is. But um, so thank you so much for listening. Our our intention is that we're going to keep talking about winter horror and wintery movies and holiday movies for the foreseeable future. Certainly for December in every episode, practically, yeah. except for obviously like our true crime episodes and stuff. We we step away from it. But in Shrink Chat and we've just really we love this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the bonuses to Halloween ending because there aren't very many. Right. Is that is that we can go into this sort of wintry blissful. There's a lot of them. There's so many great wintry movies. And I don't know if it's because I live in California or not, but I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.